It's my first time using this computer for this. So. Sure. Well, thanks for talking to me for about an hour or so today. I don't know what your time limit is. Uh, I don't really have one. I'm just okay. Whatever. Yeah. Sure. All right. So this is the Eric Swan Racing.com podcast. We got Ashton Yates in the house. And uh, I think this is the Eric Swan Racing.com podcast 135 or six. I forget. I'm losing track. But uh, getting up there in the numbers. So thanks for talking to me. And uh, sorry about the delay earlier. I got called into work. I never know when that happens. But yeah, no um, it was a good day. So what's going on with you? How are you doing today? Pretty good, man. Just uh, nothing too crazy. It's the end of the season. And uh, we're kind of just uh, trying to get things set up for next year. And um, taking a chill pill and uh, taking it all in from this year. So. Yeah. So tell me about uh, your season. How did your season go for everybody who doesn't know? And uh, 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 what interesting things happened this year? Yeah, no, it was a good season riding for the Shiapi team again. This year is my second year with them. And uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty good, you know, um, pretty similar season to last year. We finished 10th in the points last year, ninth this year. And um uh, best finish was sixth at Coda, and honestly, with like a few rounds to go, it seemed like we made some pretty good progress with the like a step with the bike that helped me out a lot. And kind of ran out of time here at the end of the year to really, um, kind of ran out of races, I guess, to uh, to show what we could do. But um, I had some good results there in the end, like a sixth at Coda and stuff. So. Stoked on that, and uh, working with the Shiny team's awesome. It's an awesome group of dudes, and uh, yeah, um, not sure about next year yet, but uh, we'll see. It'd be awesome to work with them again, but trying to get uh, things all squared away. Don't know for sure what's going to happen. So uh, sure, and you're in the Superbike Cup. So tell everybody what what is it like racing in the top series in the top class in the country for motorcycles? Yeah, man, it's it's uh, it's a fun. It's fun for sure, you know, and uh, last year was my rookie season. And uh, to go out on track with, like, Petrucci and all those guys, I thought it was, I mean, you know, it was kind of like a dream come true. And you know, I watched Petrucci growing up and GP, and uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. And I watched Gagne and Bobier and all these guys, and to get out on track and ride with them and kind of take it in and learn, like, every every session from these guys is, is pretty awesome. and. No, it's been great, and there's so much uh, talent in the field this year, and uh, I feel uh, I'm pretty privileged to be a part of that. So uh, it's been a it's been a good time this year. Yeah, and I mean it's a pretty years. stacked field. You got like MotoGP riders. You got what is it X like uh, Moto Two? Got is it World Superbike in there? Um, people from all around the, the country or the, not the country all around the world. You got South Africans, you got, you know, all these different people from different countries, Brazilians at Danilo Lewis. Right. Um, right. And so it's, it's pretty cool. It's a very mixed group of people, but you still got, what is it like 33 people scoring at least a point in the Superbike class this year? Yeah, it was, yeah, it turned out there's, you know, a lot of guys that got, well, I mean, a lot of riders this year, but there was also, I mean, a crazy amount of great riders, and but most of them, a few. I mean, there's a handful of those guys that actually didn't get to finish their season and stuff, and 
So there's more guys that were uh, that filled those spots and stuff, and it was pretty interesting year. But uh, yeah, it's pretty wild. So um, next year looks like VIR still isn't on the schedule. Does that matter to you? Uh, I mean, uh, I like VIR pretty good, but um, it, it's uh, I don't know, it's not a big deal. I mean, uh, Pittsburgh I liked a lot, and they have that off the schedule. But um, they're replacing it with <clears throat> Mid Ohio, which will be interesting. And I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Yeah, I've never rode there. Um, but uh, I've heard a lot of good things about it. And uh, my dad liked that place pretty good. He's a big fan of that place. So uh, I think that'll be interesting. But uh, I think they're still working on VIR in the future to have it back on the schedule. But it's just kind of tough. Yeah, uh, finding a date for it in these past couple of years. So, but uh. Yeah, it's it's it is what it is. I'm not too bummed about it, but uh Yeah, so I mean uh I raced mid Ohio back in probably twenty twenty I wanna say twenty twelve, thirteen, fourteen ish. Um it's a great track. I love the layout, but at the time uh, I was racing with Wera, and um, man, if it rains there, it's just unsafe. So, did they do a repave to the track? Yeah, so that's what I heard. They repave, or they are going to do a repave, and uh, there wasn't um, a for sure date on, or they didn't know exactly when. When I asked the Motor America guys, but uh, it'll be before we go there, so is all they know. But um, yeah, they made a, they fixed some of the barriers, I think, too, or just some of the stuff that was close to the track. I mean, I've never been there. I'm not real sure how it was and how it is now, but it's overall supposed to be safer is what I heard. So oh, good. Yeah. There's, they have a couple of gravel traps there that you don't want to find yourself in. Um, but they have a decent amount of runoff. I, I never felt like it was a super dangerous track. I mean, they can always be better. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's quite a bit of elevation, not something crazy like Barber. It's less than that um, or less than road Atlanta. But uh, still a decent amount of elevation. You got some S's, ups and downs, and the whoops in the back. You got the Canada Beach or China Beach. Uh, China Beach in the back after the long straight at that chicane. It's not even a corner. It's like a it's like a kink, you know, going down the back straight. That's a lot of fun. Um, I'm, I'm happy for it to be back in the schedule. It seems like Mid-Ohio has been struggling. You know, I've worked at a, as a racing marshal, and they don't pay their marshals, um, which is a unique situation because they're always looking for people. They're always short, but they don't pay you you're yeah. gonna be short people <laughs> yeah that's interesting wow some tracks are different some tracks just choose not to uh, okay. because they always get volunteers but then you're just short staffed yeah but so what's on your mind today what do you want to talk about here oh man i'm uh i'm an open book whatever man uh anything i'm just uh <laughs> Just uh, I'm gonna go into this off season, do some, keep doing supermoto training and stuff, and uh, building a mountain bike at the moment. And uh, yeah, so I'll still be riding motorcycles a lot this winter and some flat track stuff, and still be on two wheels and all. It's, that's what I've been doing lately, working on working on stuff. <laughs> so. For a supermoto, are you doing supermoto racing or track days or just uh, open laps at a private track or uh, what are you doing? So, I mean, 
I don't really do a whole lot of racing anymore um, unless something comes up, you know, if there's a race or sometimes I'll do the South Florida mini GP series, their races, they got a pretty good turnout there. I mean, at the end of the year after all the superbike stuff. So I'm not really um, out there, you know, risking getting hurt and all that, but uh, yeah, I mean, I might do one or two just depends. Maybe if like a uh, link up a brand posh or some of those, other guys we want to do a little uh, race or join the race or something we might do that but mainly just like track day stuff and uh, hitting up different track uh tracks car tracks and stuff that i haven't been to and we'll shoot some videos or something because uh, nice. we can enjoy doing all that stuff with a uh, the fast class media guy dustin but um yeah mainly just riding unless opportunity comes up but i'll do the winter throwdown dirt track race again this year which is uh event run by Corey texter uh callahan speedway in florida but um yeah um just whatever comes up honestly opportunities come up to ride and we'll see i might go out there and ride something so are you on a 450 250 300 what are you riding they're uh 450s yeah uh super mad i got a rmz 450 all right yeah nice yeah. i've been on uh pretty much everything i'm sure you have like the 50 the 100 the 150 the 250 the 300 the 450 it's like uh when you get to the 450s those are serious wheelie machines like you touch that throttle the front's coming up yeah i mean uh yeah i, I kind of started out that on the asphalt doing the mini motives super moto stuff so uh, on an XR100, so I have the 100 and the 150R. I started Supermoto on that and doing the dirt also, like uh, actual like uh, dirt sections and stuff. So uh, yeah, I've been familiar with the Supermoto stuff um, for a while. It's kind of how I learned how to ride on the asphalt. But yeah, so I got all my bikes too. And that's a lot of fun. <laughs> so you got a fleet of bikes, it sounds like. Yeah, now we... I've got, uh, I don't even know how many bikes I got. I mean, <laughs> over use my family and we've all, you know, accumulated bikes and we don't sell them. <laughs> That's <laughs> the perfect number of bikes to have is that I don't even know how many. <laughs> so now we love bikes and, you know, uh, whenever one breaks, we'll just pull the other one out. <laughs> For sure. You got, you got to have a backup and the backup's got to have a backup. Exactly. Yeah. We won't be, we're not running out anytime soon and or not or stopping riding so we're uh we'll be at it for a while <laughs> yeah and uh you know you got to mention uh your background your family's history um you know with with your dad aaron and his dad lucky um got a huge lineage of uh generational motorcycle racers and that's uh, pretty impressive to see that's pretty rare in uh the motorsports industry to have three generations of professionals right yeah, no, it's, yeah, I guess so, yeah, I mean, uh, to have three, I know a lot of, I guess, guys with uh, our kids I raced with, with their dads that kind of got them into it, but yeah, I don't really, I don't know anyone with the, maybe the Ulriches might be like the three generation thing there, but uh, yeah, there's not a lot though, for sure, and it's, yeah, it's been awesome, still have my dad and granddad kind of come to the my dad's my crew chief actually and my granddad still comes also to the races and uh was pretty you know hands-on if we need help with anything and 
yeah, it's been it's been awesome. I enjoy it a lot and kind of cherish it. And uh, it's it's uh, they've been a big part of the team and they have been a big part of my career from the beginning. So and big part of my life. I pretty much grew up going to AMA Superbike races, you know, from the beginning. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so yeah, it's been a big part of my life. So. For sure. And uh, I've always ran the number 20 uh, as well. So it's kind of an homage to that. Um, cool. It wasn't directly because of uh, your dad, but um, I just, I was 20 years old when I got my race license. So I'm like, why don't I just pick number 20? And it happened to be available. It was the first number I picked. So I was like, sweet, I'll go with that one. I'll stick with it. So cool. good it's pick. a solid number, right? Oh yeah, good pick. And now you're on uh, 22. Uh, what's the reasoning yeah. behind that? Well, uh, I actually was wanting to be number 20 as well. But then we just, I was number 120 in the KTMRC Cup that I did with Moto America. And then when I was a, allowed to pick a two digit number, like in Super Sport, and um, I, well, I was kind of talking to my dad about it. And I think I ran 22 in a dirt track race or something just because it was available. And I kind of stuck with it after that. And and then someone was joking around and was like, well, you're still 22, like 20 <laughs> also or whatever. So I, I thought it was kind of funny. And then I was like, it's a cool looking number and it looks good on the bike. And it's my own number. My dad's got his number or whatever. So, but uh, no, it's, that's kind of how that came along and stuck with 22 ever since I started it. So. You know, I wanted to ask, this is something I actually don't know the answer to. Do you have to have earned something special to have a single digit number? Obviously, other than one. Um, do you have to have a certain status for those single digit numbers? Uh, not that I know of in the road racing. And I know in the, fight, uh, the dirt track, you do have to have a national championship, as I think. And uh, as far as road racing, I don't think so. But I mean, the only guys that run them is uh i mean because petrucci ran his number nine last year and he didn't have a national championship so he's but, also uh, got other credentials though <laughs> yeah, yeah so i don't know um but yeah it's just josh aaron and hayes that kind of run in like two and four so uh oh, also been, cam yeah. right yeah cam now too or yeah, he, yeah. Back. yeah that's right he runs six too so yeah i don't think so i mean but I don't know. I mean, I've always had my number. I don't care for any uh, single digit numbers unless it's a number one. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel like when you get it like a number two, like you're so close to that number one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. So I've been number two before, actually. Now thinking about it, but uh, yeah, it looks clean that way. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I had to pick uh, a number. Hmm. number nine or eight eight or nine probably yeah what do you think about series retiring riders numbers uh it's kind of cool like with nikki hayden but now nobody else can run it what do you think about that uh i don't know i mean uh yeah i mean moto gp i guess and nikki's uh deal i mean that you know he's a legend and uh they retired his number i mean i don't know the only other reason i could see that um being 
kind of a bummer just because uh, or if someone can another american came up and wanted to run it or something and then and uh for him or i don't know something like that i don't know um i mean yeah it, it does sound kind of strange i guess in the future if someone wanted to run that number they wouldn't be able to so um yeah i don't know really what to say i'm kind of back and forth on that i, I get it but then i I'm not, I don't get it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a hundred years, there's be no numbers left, right? You, you got a delivery yeah. number. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess in Nikki's case, him passing was, you know, has kind of a tragedy and just how, how all that happened and it made sense, you know, and uh, did they retire Rossi's number? I don't think they did, did they? I don't. I don't think so. I don't remember any announcements about it a couple of years ago. But um, I don't think they did. So I mean, uh, I don't know. It might have just been a special thing for Nikki or something. Yeah. But, now for this season, did anybody really jump out and surprise you in any of the classes? Like who are, who do you have your eyes your eye on? Like watch out for this guy or girl. Uh, yeah, man, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the other classes, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, in my class, I ran super bike. I mean, when Brandon stepped in and placed for Tony, I mean, he got on the Suzuki and was doing. I think he had a few top fives there, and it was only the second half of the season when he hopped on. And uh, but I mean, I kind of expected that from Brandon because I mean I know Brandon's a great rider and he put a great rider on a great bike and they'll do great things so and uh, he's you know not far off the front but I mean there's some weekends where I was uh, right there with him and you know we're not far off either so um, yeah it's cool to see Brandon on a team like Team Hammer I mean that's one of the best you know best teams in the paddock uh, year after year after 40 year um and yeah. to look at the list of riders who have been with team hammer it's it's uh it's like wow <laughs> it's pretty impressive no it's definitely a great team for sure and they've been around a while got a lot of experience and uh great bikes and i guess considered factory team for suzuki now some people say so yeah it's a great opportunity for him um and then uh the other classes uh well, just, you know, Gus Rodeo, you know, uh, he's one of my buddies too. Did a lot of super moto riding with him. I mean, I'm, I kind of know everybody pretty well and uh, a lot of the riders. So I, I root for everybody. And uh, uh, Avery Dreher that blocked up the Junior Cup Championship races or did the South Florida Mini GP Series. And I've rode super moto with him a good bit. And um, uh, yeah, so... A lot of guys, there's so many more, but um, yeah, I mean, just everyone that I've kind of spent a lot of time riding with, they've, seems like everybody's, you know, progressing, growing up and taking a, another step. So it's, it's cool to see. Yeah. I mean, uh, we all know Brandon Posh is the man winning, you know, double Rolexes at the Daytona back to back. That's, uh, on, uh, aside from Danny Eslick, it doesn't happen very often. Right. And, uh, um, having Brandon Posh come in halfway through the season or whatever exactly it was, finishing 14th in the standings is pretty darn good. 
Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, yeah. Like I said, uh, I kind of you know was expecting him to kind of get up to pace quickly and stuff, and I didn't have a doubt it. Each struggle, really. I mean, it's uh, it's an easy superbike. Is kind of you get on it, and it's not as hard as you think. At least for me, it wasn't. You know, with the electronics and all that, and when you got it all dialed in on a factory bike, it can't be too bad. <laughs> I feel like. Yeah. So. Now, um, do you wish that Daytona would be a points-paying round as well? Um, that's kind of like a one-off, different type of race. Um, do you think that should be awarded points for the series or for the championship that that is? Um, e or like for, I guess so. Super Sports only class that run or Super Sport and Twins run there, but we don't run there. Superbike doesn't. But uh, yeah, man, it was. I thought it was the points paying round for Super Sport and Twins, wasn't it? I believe the Daytona 200 is not. I could be wrong on that, but I think it's uh, considered one through nine after that round. I don't think that round counts because the first uh, one I see in the standings is in April and the Daytona is in March. Oh, okay. Right? Think yeah, so. well, maybe that. Well, I think Twin, yeah, maybe Super Sport didn't. Maybe it was just Twins or something because I thought uh, Jackson Blackman, another close buddy of mine he's yeah he finished fourth that weekend or something and stuff so i think i know that was added for sure to their championship but um yeah the yeah. twins <laughs> is definitely the twins uh march 9th of this year yeah march 9th they got two races at uh daytona 200 but it counts for two how does that work i'm looking at the standings right now oh, okay um so they must have done two two different races because they have two different uh, two different points paying positions. Yeah, they did two. Uh, one on Saturday, one on Sunday, I think. Like uh, Baggers was there also. I got you. Yeah. But yeah, I haven't. I've never done the two hundred. Um, just because I, I don't really know a whole lot about it. Honestly, I, I was there this year, watched it, and I've watched it previous years and stuff. But you know, kind of, it's a big deal. You know, want to have a good, a good buy, good team. If you if you do it, you know and. I want to do if I do it. I want to have all those things and uh, be able to do pretty well. So, uh, just hasn't come up yet. Though I think one day we'll we'll make it happen. I definitely got it on the bucket list. So, yeah, I mean, you just got to come there with a couple engines and a big crew, and uh, hope you don't blow one up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I guess it seems like <laughs> I've never um, even tried there, so I'm sure it's. You're wide open for a while, yeah. <laughs> Have you walked the track or been on the banking at all? No, not at all. No, it's uh, it's dramatic. It's uh, you can <laughs> hang on to the barrier at the top and your feet don't touch the ground. Wow, it's like 34 degree, 34, 35. I, that might be wrong, but it's like something around there. It's like wild amount of banking. It's uh, it's nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> So yeah. I've never rode there, but I've walked it. I've worked there a bunch of times as a track marshal with Moto America, with, uh, what was it, um, Arma and CCS. Okay. So it's a cool place to be. You know, they got the lake in the middle. Um, I wouldn't swim in it, but you could <laughs> maybe yeah. fish in it if you wanted to. Um, it's such an iconic place from sports cars to bikes and, you know, everything in between. 
Yeah, I've been there to, for Supercross um, before and stuff, but uh, and the 200, obviously. But it'd be yeah. cool to watch the Rolex Daytona at the 24 uh, there. Yeah, yeah, that I've seen. Uh, I've watched it on TV actually and stuff, but yeah, I haven't been there for that one. Uh, that looks pretty awesome too. They do yeah. the whole field section and all that. I'm pretty sure also. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're in like Georgia now, right? Yeah. How are you liking it out there? Yes, yeah, it's, it's all right. It's uh, you know, it's hot this summer, like hundred degrees, and every day almost or most of the time. And uh, I live on a lake, like Sinclair and Milledgeville, and yeah, it was a fun time. Uh, playing the lake this summer and get good training in and uh. Um, now it's starting to cool down and fall's coming around and it's real nice out right now. Uh, but yeah, this is kind of where I've been always. Uh, um, uh, spent a lot of time at like the Herring compound and stuff that's not far from me. Um, and, uh, it's like an hour South did a lot of training there and stuff. So, um, yeah, I got, uh, actually got, you know, Florida cart tracks down there too and stuff. So um good time of year right now to do do riding and this winter it doesn't get too cold and stuff so it's what's nice about georgia and florida in the winter time it kind of stays a little warm so yeah definitely so i saw you post a picture you're doing some wakeboarding out there on the lake yeah so yeah um i don't do a whole lot of wakeboarding but yeah like i was playing around with some wake surfing stuff recently and did some of that and my buddies uh I got a boat we'll go out on it every once in a while but uh yeah my my dad it's kind of he's been injured from or I mean got injured wakeboarding before during the superbike season and stuff so I kind of stayed off of that thing and I don't have a lot of experience doing it I've always rode I got some stand-up jet skis and stuff and raced those before and I just love ripping the skis so when I get in the water or but I just started doing some like wake surfing stuff and liking that pretty good. Now we just need to get a, a boat that's kind of weight in the back to kind of, so we don't have to use the rope and all and just, uh, so we can just ride the wake and like an actual, like, like you're actually surfing and stuff. So that'll be the thing to do next summer. So yeah, you're just creating your own wave. So what kind of injuries can you get wakeboarding? I mean, I've had a concussion from wakeboarding pretty bad, but not, nothing other than that. Um, uh, your knees actually what my dad did was he messed up his well he didn't it wasn't like a big injury but he tweaked his knee or something and was bothering him and uh yeah and I just don't even mess around doing stuff like I'm not that I'm not uh, comfortable with or used yeah. to do during the season and um, I got a lot of people behind me and uh helping me get to the track and making it happen so I don't want to have anything kind of conflict with what i'm doing and racing and all that stuff but uh yeah and i, I know some a guy he broke some ribs or something hmm. but uh he's trying to do some like 360s and backflips <laughs> and stuff so yeah that'll happen i feel like if you do that. Sure. and now uh you mentioned the heron compound isn't heron in california now yeah he is yeah but somebody else is running the compound yeah, so uh yeah, Josh moved there 
back to California, like uh, 18, 19 or something like that. And uh, now it's his mom and sister that run it. Okay. Um, I actually lived there for a few years. Hmm. Um, I dated his sister for a little bit. And then, um, but yeah, it's still his mom's sister that run it. And they still have races. South Florida Mini GP comes up there and does races. And uh, yeah, they're still pretty active and stuff. So I would, I personally would recommend uh, Supermoto or Motard to anybody because the smiles to dollar ratio are just off the chart. Would you agree? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, my favorite type of training it always has been and i've done a lot of coaching too and uh it's just yeah i mean just backing the super motorbike in and and it's lighting up the tire and stuff i mean it's on a cart track it's the closest thing to a super bike to me and um yeah riding one of those things hard for like 20 laps on the cart track is it's a lot of work so it's tiring uh, people don't realize it, how much physical you know, strength you need to do to have that or endurance or cardio yeah it's good good training for sure um a lot of fun as well so if somebody wanted to go to the heron compound what do they need what what does it cost to do that um i'm pretty sure it's the same um i haven't been in a bit but uh it should be like a like just a track they feel like 60 bucks or something around there it's like 50 60 for the day and that's it. I mean, uh, usually probably just contact them um, through their Instagram and just let them know if you want to ride during the week. I think contacting them might be the best thing. But on the weekends, they usually do track days almost every weekend, I think. so. Okay, nice. Yeah, it's, yeah, pretty it's been on my list. It's something I wanted to go to, but uh, I just moved out to Las Vegas. So I'm uh, kind of on the other side of the country now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you should check it out for sure someday. It's cool layout the track is you know getting old now and it's, there's a few bumps and stuff but um i still enjoy it. it's a good layout on the supermoto we still do i still do pretty decent times on it um so just gotta set up suspension a little softer <laughs> sure that's sweet yeah it's uh, a lot of fun and so um yeah i just moved out to vegas i became a sports car exotics racing coach so working with, uh, I don't even know how many brands now, like over 10 brands from, see if I can name them, Acura, Audi, Aston Martin, we got Corvette, um, Ferrari, Lamborghini, Nissan, there's the, um, uh, I say Aston, <laughs> There's um, uh, and also there's other cars within the brand, so like the Ferrari F430, uh, we're doing the Ferrari 488s, uh, the Porsche GT4, um, I'm training to do the Mercedes AMG GTR and the, uh, the Porsche 911 GT3 RS and the GT3 standard. So, uh, I think it's over 10 brands or so, but it's really cool. It's, uh, it's an awesome job. I was just there not a couple of, an hour ago, not even. And, uh, it's like an experience. So we don't call it a racing school. We have HPDEs as well. High performance driving experiences. If you want for like higher, higher stuff or higher you know, skills, but most of the time it's people who have never been on the track. Um, probably 70, 70% have never been on track before, but we get anybody from formula one to regular sports cars and people who are into bikes and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. you can get, 
You can rent any one of our cars for a fee, anywhere from like $200 to $600, and you get X amount of laps. You can buy as many laps as you want, I think up to 50 at a time, and or 50 per day. And so uh, we have a 1.3 mile track. It's uh, road racing, so lefts and rights and straightaways, a small amount of elevation. Um, it's a lot of fun. Most of our cars are are street legal, technically. They're not plated or anything, but um, they could be. Uh, and we have about four race cars with the, the Ferrari Challenge Evos and the uh, McLaren 570Ss, which are the full-spec GT4 race cars. Um, you can rent two, but those are a bit of a handful. Cool. Right on, man. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I've had an opportunity to drive some, some sports cars on a road course or on a circuit uh the thermal club oh yeah in california yeah knew somebody out there and that was kind of right when they were building the place and they didn't really care <laughs> the 16 year old kid without a license went out there <laughs> somehow I, I was they let me out there but uh no it was cool it was uh cars are a lot different for sure but uh i actually enjoyed it a lot and, you know i would say they're different but very similar because when I, I coached in, in bikes and cars, um, I've coached for California Superbike School, Sport Bike Track Time, USMCA um, on the track. And so when whenever I say somebody's like, oh, I ride bikes, I'm like, okay, well, when you have lean angle, small throttle. Same thing when you have a lot of steering angle, small throttle. Once you start unwinding, once you start coming up on the bike, you can start accelerating, right? It's the same kind of concept. You just got to adapt a little bit. You just have a couple extra tires on the car, and uh um it's the same idea yeah so yeah, yeah for sure yeah i think someone had told me like with a steering wheel imagine there's a string tied to the steering wheel and your foot and, or something string theory for yeah. cars yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. the more angle you have the higher your feet have to come whether it's the throttle or the brake um the more the on as we unwind to straight you can go to full throttle or for full brake smoothly of course um yeah. But yeah, so it's uh, it's a cool gig. I'm happy I chose it, and I get to meet a lot of cool people. I've already coached over two thousand students one on one in like less than nine months. So um, you get to see all kinds of people every day. Right on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cars going fast in cars. I was kind of surprised at how much faster it seems, but you're not going as fast as on a bike. But it seems it's kind of just wild. I guess just because you're in the cab and everything. Yeah moving around and flexing and stuff but uh it's a good time though yeah do you ever see yourself switching from bikes to cars at some point down the road yeah well, i'm pretty sure it's a lot more expensive gig but <laughs> i mean if yeah if there was the opportunity to to drive some more cars and i definitely would I think that's the biggest thing why people get into bikes first, right? I, I love cars. I love bikes, but I can't afford a hundred thousand dollar car that can go 200 miles an hour. Uh, I can afford a $10,000 bike that can go 160 though. Yeah. You know, and that's pretty good. And then tires for the cars. Got four instead of two. Yeah. You think they're expensive for your uh, super bike, but then you get a, that's a race car and you got to buy tires for that thing. And, uh, gas and all that stuff i'm sure it's like just double everything pretty much probably more than double uh, yeah. i got a i got a friend uh who's into indycar and he's done nxt uh indycar lights basically 
and uh, the road to Indy, the, the one step below that. And you're talking like 1.5 million just to show up for the season. I mean, a superbike effort, I'm thinking like, depends on how deep you want to get, but you could probably do it pretty well for 150, 150,000 to 250, depending on the team you're in and how much you want to spend on development. Um, that's not cheap. You're talking, if you're saying 250, it's like six times the cost. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's a lot of money. I, I say that bikes are more physically dangerous. Cars are more financially dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Which danger do you want? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. hundred percent. Yeah. So, so there's something <laughs> weird with my zoom going on right now. It's telling me I have a 40 minute limit, although I paid for the, um, upgraded thing. So at 40 minutes, I think it's going to turn off. Do you want to do another half hour or so after that? But we got to just set it up again. Yeah, we can do that if you want to. Okay. I try to go for at least an hour. We don't have to go too long. Yeah. Something like a, a number ticking down here. Yeah. Yep. I don't know what that was. Yep. It's, uh, I don't know. Maybe I logged into my wrong account, but either way, we'll get it going again. Um, about two minutes or so. So, uh, so what kind of stuff are you into outside of racing? Um, most racers are all about racing, right? So what do you do in your spare time if you have any? Uh, man, uh, I mean, yeah, ride mountain bikes, rip. I mean, I'm, I'm doing a lot of riding still, but, uh, just, I like listening to music, like, uh, albums, like of music and stuff, kind of like on my own sometimes or, in, uh, just kind of working out. I do a lot of training, working out and stuff like that, staying in shape. Now for the, for music, do you like to listen to a full album, like a record or a CD, like the whole way through without skipping different songs or do you like to jump around? Well, I mean, I guess it just depends on what you want to do at the time. I mean, I'll listen from like, if it's a new record, then I'll listen to it from the beginning, you know, all the way through like that, like how you're supposed to. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah I mean, if I've heard it, I'll jump around to the songs I like or whatever, but um yeah i mean i listen to anything like everything to um all genres i'm not like i'm like big into like hip-hop and nothing else and i mean i do country hip-hop rock and a lot of a lot of the grunge rock stuff is i'm big into a lot of stuff like my dad listened to growing up that i heard as a uh, as a kid i'm into that pretty good a lot of that stuff and just anything reggae um but uh, yeah, who would you say your your top couple of bands would be? Uh, uh, Alice in Chains. Um, I mean, I kind of let's see. I like Pro Jam. Um, pretty good. I like Alice in Chains a lot, though. I think, and I mean, I like like Creed is a little bit and then I like uh stained that's I think that might be a little bit newer. Um dysfunction, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um I mean just and, and even like some of the like, there it is. Sweet. Sorry about the delay. Yeah, no worries. So I figured out why. I have two Zoom accounts and I used the wrong one. Uh <laughs> I I screwed up somehow, and my server who hosted my website stopped hosting it. 
and my website died completely. They migrated to a whole new platform and I lost my entire website. Oh, so I can't log into my email or and my website's com- I think it's completely gone now. I don't think it exists anymore. So I got to recreate the whole thing. Dang, man. That's fun. But uh, <laughs> Shit. Um, so now I get to make a new website at some point, And uh, that's all right. That's how it goes sometimes. Got to move on to the next thing, right? That's right. I feel like sometimes you got to you have to let a few bad things happen to let the good big things happen. Yeah. Right. I, I agree with that. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's frustrating, but it is how it goes. Um, so we were talking about music. Music's a big part of my life. I love music. Do you, are you a big concert goer? Do you like to go to shows and stuff? Um, I've only been to a handful, actually. The concerts, yeah, I mean, it just depends. I've never really been to uh, a concert of an artist that I'd like to go see. It's just kind of been I went along with some folks. and uh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd be down for, you know, if some some good music, um, and some good if I had some good tickets to see some, uh, good a good band or something. So, uh, but uh, I don't know. Just I don't really get sit down and make the plans to do all of that. I just have someone else kind of come up with it. Sure. I uh, I got to the point where I'd usually go to a couple concerts a year. Now you don't have to spend hundreds of dollars on tickets to go to a fun concert. You could uh you could go to a local show. When I was in Michigan, I go to these shows. It'd be like thirty dollars. Yeah. Um, it's just general admission, standing only. Usually smaller venues, you know, smaller bands. But you get some big bands coming in there every once in a while too, and play some good shows. And I mean, I I like to be touching the stage, like physically with my hand. You know, you can be that close sometimes. And some of these venues, there's not even like security at the front. There's just you, and then the stage. You know, so it's really intimate. You can, you can, uh, they'll usually throw guitar picks in the crowd and you're right there to pick them up or, um, you can get get set less from the, from the band. Sometimes you're that close. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I had a, so I did look, um, my top three, it's gotta be Alice in Chains and Audio Slave. And I like Rage Against the Machine also. All right. That's good. I mean, I listen to everybody, like all the bands. I mean, I appreciate like all of them, you know, and they all, a lot of uh, different sounds and stuff in there. I mean, there's not really one I hate or whatever, but uh, yeah. yeah my, dad, my dad was a big Red Hot Chili Peppers guy. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Californication, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Um, do you have any animals at home? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I got a cat, <laughs> kind of outdoor cat. He comes and goes, but, um, yeah, I mean, not other than that, not, not really, uh, we're me, my, my family, we move, I travel around a lot. So, uh, and, uh, it's actually me and my sister share a place here at the lake. And um, she's always at school and working, and I'm usually racing and stuff. So, yeah, I really have a whole lot of time for pets, and we'll be able to take care of them properly, give them the attention. That, you know, you'd have to need. hire someone to take care of your dog half the time. Yeah, it's it's a. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like having a kid, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, you gotta be there and take care of it. And uh, I, yeah, I I 
think I would enjoy a, a dog or something. Um, but just uh, yeah, it takes a lot of time. You have to put a lot of time into it and take care of them properly. You know, give them attention. But yeah. Um, now, now you mentioned earlier about wakeboarding that you didn't want to do dangerous activities um to stay you know fit and healthy for racing now um is that in your contract or is that just something you do out of your own personal self-preservation um i'm pretty sure that's not i'm pretty sure it's not in the contract <laughs> but um and my and steve shyby wouldn't really like if i wanted to go and like a race a bagger on the side or something he probably would be fine with that way like if i raced another class and stuff like um, but yeah, just the wakeboarding thing, I don't have a lot of experience in, and that's just why I wouldn't do it. Like I ripped the mountain bike and I, I ripped pretty good on a mountain bike and I do that all the time. Like, I mean, as long as I'm in able to have, find my comfort zone and not, I know my limits in that pretty well. And the wakeboarding thing, I you know, even though I've lived on a lake most of my life, I don't really have the, haven't done it enough to really get it figured out and don't want to eat shit or anything so uh it's just water right yeah but when you're going 40 miles an hour it hurts <laughs> yeah i was surprised at first just how fast you really are going on the water you know with a wakeboard and it's pretty loose compared to you know the surf this the wake surfboard we got like a fin on the back it kind of helps with the stability and stuff but you know the wakeboard at least the one i was on it's it's pretty loose on that water and uh, you're just kind of skimming and <laughs> it's uh sensitive so but, uh, yeah some of them that are i think not designed for tricks don't have fins so you can spin and not get catch but if i think there are some that still have fins that are really just kind of more standard for just yeah. like riding okay right on i believe yeah um yeah, somebody's kind of talked me into getting into it and it's fun yeah i mean i live on the lake i feel like i should know how to do that <laughs> stuff but i enjoy messing with my stand-up skis and riding those things so. that's that was gonna be my next question are you a skier do you do slalom or or are skiing um yeah just the just the jet skis i mean the i don't do any other skiing like or like kneeboarding or anything like that or I got um, unless we're messing around i've tried it before but uh you know we'll go tubing and uh stuff like that it's a kind of a smaller lake um, it's not very wide or anything, so just a, a long and narrow lake that branches out and stuff. So, all right, yeah. yeah. So I wanted you to talk about some of your uh, sponsors for a moment. Um, I know you got a whole bunch of them. Um, I'm sure you have a whole list somewhere, but you've been re wearing the HJC helmets, right? Yeah, that's right. And how yeah. do you like those? No, HJC has been a big part of. I mean, they've helped me out for a while. I mean, from the beginning. 2015 KTM Cup RC Cup, uh, my first year pro, and uh, they were a sponsor of my dad's too. That's kind of how I got into it. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been wearing them the whole my whole career so far, whatever. And same thing with the Speedy leathers from the beginning. I, I started out with them in 2015. Um, met uh, the the Speedy guy, the Indy. Indianapolis GP MotoGP round actually 2013 or 12 and sent me my first suit. Of those. I was there too. <laughs> oh, really? Right yeah. on. I was selling Alpine Stars boots out of the 
out of their garages that year, that year, 13 to 14, I believe. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were there. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how that started. I'm still with them too. And uh, they've done a lot for me. And I love the love their stuff. And they've done their job, protected me and stuff. It's good, good quality stuff and uh, good people too. So. Now, do you feel like you're on the ideal motorcycle you want to be on? I mean, there's a lot of fast people on BMWs now, and that seems like to be a, a good a good platform. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the bike I'm on currently is uh, the 2008. It's the older S1000. Mm. Um, these new these guys like Bobier, all those guys, or well, even uh, like Corey Alexander, wasn't even on the. Uh, that I believe wasn't even on the bike that Bovia and PJ had been on this year. He was on last year's or something. So, but yeah, mine's a bit older and uh, it's still a good bike. It's the best thing I've ridden. I haven't been on anything else as the only super bike I've ridden. So I'm pretty, it's, it's a great bike and um, pretty happy with it, but you know, we're, we're, we're real close. And uh, sometimes some points just like a second off where, what would be, you know, up there at the front and up there in that mix with those guys. So um, we are looking for that little extra. And uh, obviously, yeah, I'd like to be on, eventually try something else out, um, or like a factory bike one day or something. I think everybody's dream is to kind of try one out. So Heck yeah. And so uh, what do you think is missing that you need to get to the next little step? for the next couple of positions? Um, uh, well, I mean, as for me as a, as a rider, I mean, uh, this year I kind of had, uh, we were struggling in corner entry stuff and losing time. I could see on the data and stuff. And for a while we couldn't really figure out what it was. And I kind of was, just kind of questioning myself and like my riding stuff. And I know, I mean, I can ride the shit out of anything, I, like anything else I've ridden, but the super bike, I just hadn't got to that next level yet, you know, where the front guys are. And uh, we, we weren't far off, but then, and then we made a change um, with the, the bike at Pittsburgh and we found at least a second. That's bike. significant. Yeah. And it, and the corner entry speed was fixed and, and we could even go even more, but we never, we haven't got to test that yet. But um, just, yeah, like it made a big change in my confidence braking. I was able to brake like harder and, and just had confidence in the bike on the entry before it was just too steep in the front. And what they we changed, did was- Change in yeah. geometry and engine braking mappings? Yeah, the geometry. Yeah, we raked it out in the front actually. And I'm a bigger guy, so, I, I mean, it makes sense. And we just had never tried it. And, uh, yeah, and I was real comfortable with it and ripping. And we had a strong last few dry races. And um, as far as, and then after that, you know, man, I'm, I mean, I'm, uh, I feel pretty good. Like, and I'm ready to go to that next step, like, um, as a rider, you know. And, uh, but the bike is, is not far off either. You know, we got a good package, but. Honestly, and I think if we did have that package that, I don't know, like Bovier and those guys have, I mean, it would be interesting to see. And, and I think I might would have something for them. 
Um, but you know, it's those teams got a lot of money and you know, can the, the funds and the support and the, they're great riders too. So, you know, they're, they're on great bikes and stuff. So, um, yeah, maybe one day, but yeah, I mean, I think at me too, I'm, I'm working on still working on my riding a little, I'm learning something every time I go out still, man. Like, oh yeah. Uh, every year learning more and more and, uh, riding with these guys on track and stuff and hitting the, like, and practice and qualifying doing laps behind like baby and being able to hang with them for two sectors and then they just kind of start inching away it's still you know it's kind of neat and uh it's nice to like every other time getting back out there with them being able to hang out with them or hang on to them a little bit longer and stuff it's encouraging and uh that's kind of how this year's been so it's just been getting better and better i feel like isn't it interesting how like one small, tiny one or two millimeter change on a front end geometry changes the whole feeling of the bike? It is. Yeah. And I mean, I thought I knew a good bit about it and, um, but that's something that we've never played with on the stock bikes. You're not allowed to do all that. We've never really done much testing on the super bike either. Just a test before the season. Cause it's, you know, we're, we're kind of, a smaller privateer superbike team not really trying to spend a lot of money doing that stuff but um but it, it's crazy i was yeah i, I was the fastest superbike through sector two at pittsburgh i mean not superbike i'm sorry uh bmw um yeah and i we were like wow i mean the thing must be really working well i was like yeah man <laughs> and uh yeah i was pumped and uh it sucks we we ran out of rounds at the end of the year but uh yeah, we'll see what we we can do next year and see what happens you ever think of jumping to like australian superbike cup like travis did um australian uh or I any mean, other I, championship i mean south african or like canadian or like i, mean, I wouldn't mind trying or like doing a wild card if yeah if that's what you mean yeah like yeah. Uh, uh or like british superbike yeah i mean that would be interesting i know uh bsb is pretty difficult the tracks are different and they're pretty competitive out there but i mean if you're a great rider and uh get on a, a great i mean a good bike you know i'm sure you could be up there in the mix and um, guys have done it before so um but yeah i'd like to go travel around and do some try some different race different series and different tracks for sure this takes money right <laughs> yeah yeah, I mean, if the opportunity came around, then I think I'd take it for sure. So I assume, I mean, you're on a team, but you have people around you who are doing marketing or looking for sponsorships for you. What does that look like in your program? Um, what do you mean? Are, um, like, like, it's like gaining sponsors. Is that the team's responsibility? Is that your responsibility? Who's finding uh, partners in this? Uh, in this yeah. Uh, our Steve Shyby, our, our team owner, he kind of you know handles all that for Shyby, uh, racing. And I mean, as for me, it's kind of I do my own stuff, handle my own stuff. Um, uh, my my dad kind of has acted as a little bit of a manager for me somewhat, but it's mainly me. And um, yeah, we don't uh. Yeah, I just kind of handle my own stuff. 
Yeah. Okay, sure. Because I'm in the whole sponsorship hunt, you know, for next year, like everybody else is at this time as well. So just yeah. trying to pick everybody's brain and get some ideas. There are some, you know, some, uh, I don't know, not sure what you call them, like agents, is that the right word? Or managers, yeah, maybe um, closer to who would manage athletes and find sponsorship for them. But those usually aren't very cheap to find. And it's never a guarantee that they'll get anything. Um, and usually they want a huge retainer, right? Um, so I've looked into coach sponsorship coaches. And there's a couple of them out there that look pretty darn good. There's a guy I know personally who who went with this one coach and it's not cheap. It's like a couple thousand dollars for like a three month program of coaching. Um, that's all remote, but, um, he said he got a $10,000 deal out of it after spending three. So that's still a positive, you know, but it's like, man, that seems like a lot of money. Um, what's yeah. your thought on all that? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been comfortable doing my own thing, but I do know, I mean, if I had a manager, someone that had connections, you know, they could, you know, and while you're focused on racing, they could be reaching out to sponsors and people for you and and for like the next season and stuff. But um, even Josh, I think Josh did a podcast recently, I watched, Heron, I watched, and he was kind of talking about that stuff and how, he kind of had like an agent or whatever, and it didn't really work out as he, uh, as, as planned. And he just started doing his own thing and then ended up with that only fan sponsorship and just kind of been doing his own stuff now, I'm pretty sure. So, um, yeah, it's just a lot of, you gotta put a lot of time into it. And I think, you know, he, he, he enjoys that stuff and I'm, I'm learning more about the, reaching out and getting better at the sponsorship stuff too. Um, I kind of, I'm not, uh, I've never really been as social, like with people at the track, you know, racing on the weekend. I kind of like to focus on my thing and not really go around and say, Hey, everybody at every truck and all that stuff, but I'm getting better at that and meeting more folks and stuff. Um, but yeah, I kind of just prefer to do my own thing for now. Um, at least and see what happens in the future, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if you can manage it, I think it's probably better for long-term. You don't have to pay somebody else and you know what you're doing. You, you make those relationships personally with that per other company or entity or person and uh, you build your skills. I think it's such a skill building exercise to go out to a company and say, look, I want to represent you. And they're like, who the hell is this? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most of the sponsors I have now just kind of uh, found myself and uh, made relationships with. And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty important. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see in the future. I mean, uh, if you can find a manager, somebody that has those connections, I'm sure. But I feel like I wouldn't be comfortable unless it was someone I'm close with or good friends with or something. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like the hardest part for most people, once they're already good at racing, it's just finding the money to do it. Yeah. Right. That's been my biggest hurdle. Um, and so I'm just uh, dedicated like everybody else. I hope to be out there banging bars with you one day and uh, and go from there, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's an expensive uh, sport. That's for sure. And kind of cutthroat too, you know, wasn't back like it was back in uh, the day. Um, the Marlboro I days. 
again, <laughs> all the factory teams and stuff. It's it's changed a lot, and uh, a lot of all the rides and stuff. But hopefully, it's getting a little better here. I think it's kind of taking a getting better a little bit. At least seems like Moto America's kind of stepped it up a little bit. So. Yeah, we've had a history of, what, eight years now of Moto America, which is pretty good. And I think they've really taken it in a good direction from DMG. Uh, kind of drove it in the ground, like everybody knows. But um, no, it's still sanctioned by AMA, but it's not AMA, right? It's Moto America. So um, do you think they should do th anything differently? Uh, what, what criticisms or positives do you have for Moto America? What are they doing good? What are they doing bad? I mean, I think uh, I think they're doing a, a pretty good job, honestly. I mean, uh, I've had a, heard a lot of opinions and, you know, talked about it a little bit, like just with my dad and stuff. I can't really think of it off the top of my head, some of the things. But, I mean, overall, it seems like it's doing pretty well and um, just slowly kind of getting back, uh, slowly growing again. So um, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, back back in the day i wasn't you know old enough to really realize what was going on you know and how i do remember you know how ama superbike was and how it was back then but um can't remember a whole lot and stuff but uh yeah so far my america seems like they're doing pretty well um man it's getting better and uh that's all i gotta say about that i guess sure. so <laughs> yeah. i uh we different question uh about the series but uh, what would you think if there was a spec class, like completely spec, all the same bike, can't modify anything, just like kind of like the Junior Cup was or the KTM 390 Cup was? What if there was a spec superbike class? Everybody's on the same bike. Yeah, I mean, I would be fine with that, I think. Yeah. It really, even the, even the playing field, right? Because... There's some people who are just never going to win because they don't, they have a 10 year old motorcycle. Well, probably not that old, but uh, you know, older aging out, not this year's newest model. It's like, they have a hard time. It's like they're, they're starting on the back foot. Uh, they don't have a quarter million dollar budget. You know, they just barely made it to the event with one bike. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, that is, would be interesting it I I don't know if it would really work just with you know right now you have the the Yamaha effort and Suzuki and um stuff if there was like a spec bike or something I'm not sure if it would be much of a superbike class because I mean I think superbike class is you know the premier class and that's where all the you know manufacturers come together and compete and so I don't know that would work, but I did, you know, I think it would be interesting if they did some type of thing like with uh, BSB runs the the Motec or whatever, a limited electronics thing um, that everyone has to run. And uh, I wouldn't mind that, you know, sliding around, no TC or whatever it is that they do. Because yeah. I did that on the Stop 1000 until uh last year on the super bike i kind of had to use the electronics and stuff but yeah that that's interesting um for sure and uh, i think the ktmrc cup was a awesome class when they had that honestly i think that was a really good idea for that spec class but yeah it does limit the manufacturer involvement which is a problem right 
Um, like you have the BOP that balance the performance, but it's never perfect because you got these Ducatis with a crazy engine, and then you got you know the Yamahas, which are good cornering, or you know, all the different benefits of each bike is different. So it's never gonna be equal. It'll be similar, but different, you know. Every each bike makes its own power or the lap time in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough, you know, and with the factory guys out there and stuff. And for us power two guys, you know, you got your Bobiers and your Petrucci's on these factory bikes, and then you know, you're on your private bike and trying to stay with it's tough, but you know, all you can do is the best, you know, is go out there and do uh do your best and and show your your talent and uh and get recognized. And, yeah. So you thought the KTM three ninety, the RC three ninety cup was really beneficial to your riding uh development? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um I just think overall it was a neat class. Uh because you know everyone was on the spec bike and the just the competition was was close and you know you you win you win um, in the KTM Cup then you know you look like you're the best guy out there you know racing everybody else on the same bikes and stuff and uh, yeah it was it was neat and also KTM was seemed to be pretty involved in it and at the end of the year. Uh, the top three in the championship got to go overseas and do the world KTM RC Cup final race. Uh, that was in Holland. I got to do that at Assen. Hmm. I finished third in the championship in 2016, and and I went with Brandon Posh and Anthony Maziato, and that was an awesome experience. I was the only one to lead, only American to lead the one of the races or or the whole weekend, but then I ended up crashing out, unfortunately, in second yeah. race. <laughs> um, but uh, Brandon and Anthony ended up on the podium in one race. And, uh, but no, it was, yeah, KTM RC Cup was a pretty cool deal for sure. What was it like going to the Cathedral of Speed? Yeah, it was super flat, but yeah. it was a fun layout. And uh, Fast I played and it a lot. Yeah, on the on the MotoGP games, I played it a good bit before we went over there. Um, and yeah, it's uh, yeah, just flat, flowy, um, very fast. The last section is pretty wild, just how fast everything was. On the KTM, it wasn't, you know, it was pretty slow on a KTM, and I hadn't been on a big bike yet, but I guess it seemed fast. But you're like wide open through all that on the KTM, and the chicane uh, was fun. I was actually like backing it into that little chicane. And looking at it and that was a, a good bit of fun but uh yeah it luckily didn't even rain um, i think that weekend usually rains and it didn't rain so we got yeah i got some good dry time in and stuff uh, it was pretty awesome yeah that's an amazing place to ride i could imagine yeah i've been to jerez those are the only two tracks in europe i've been to and jerez was also a pretty amazing track um a lot smaller in person than Pretty tight, tight yeah. layout. Yeah, it's like a. I was I rode a Honda six fifty there, European Junior Cup, and it was just, yeah, surprising how tight it was. It was tight on that thing. I can't believe they ride MotoGP bikes around there. <laughs> so how does the uh, the European racing compare to the American racing? Are they more aggressive? Is it just different? Are they taking different lines? I mean, uh, doing the same thing but just different area, right? <laughs> It's just more of them, honestly. There's just more. 
Uh, Involved with more riders? Fast, yeah, it's just more fast guys. And, I mean, they're not, like, that much better or anything. You know, um, we got fast guys over here, I guess, just uh, less of them. Hmm. Uh, uh, but, um, but, yeah. I mean, obviously, the European guys coming over here and can't – well, I mean, I guess Petrucci did pretty well, but still – wasn't able to like clinch the championship, I know on his on his factory Ducati and stuff. So, we're Americans, you know, we're, we're uh, pretty fast over here. I know our tracks are pretty difficult and stuff, but uh, we're fast guys too. So, uh, there's just more of them over there. <laughs> I like I like it when Europeans come to America and struggle. That's that's kind of kind of fun to see. <laughs> yeah, I know, and uh, yeah, it was definitely last year watching. Well, even while, you know, racing Superbike class, just to see Gagne or just, you know, Petrucci kind of, I mean, halfway through the season, you kind of tell, like, he's like, man, like, what are they expecting, you know, this? And, like, couldn't even really hang with Gagne at some of the races and stuff. So we definitely, yeah, got some fast guys over here. And, uh, people do, you just... see, uh, do you see Gagne returning to defend his title again? Or do you see him going somewhere else overseas again? <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like he would probably stay. I don't see why he'd go unless there was some sort of big um, opportunity for him that was worth it over there. You know, I'm sure he's getting paid and pretty good and, you know, pretty happy with his team. And yeah, no reason for him to really go anywhere, honestly. Let's and, keep uh, going. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, just, uh, I mean, many guys did it before him. Uh, Bobier, I mean, Bobier eventually went, I guess, but he's got a, on a good bike, good team and stuff while I go. <laughs> you know, I was kind of surprised by Bobier this year. I thought he would kind of sweep the field. He he didn't do that. Yeah, well, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, the, the BMWs had just been, you know, coming around. He did win, like, the first race, I think, but he, he won a few races, and he was real strong, but he had a lot of bad luck and actually I got tangled up with him in one of the rounds, my, um, my throttle, uh, I had a throttle fault thing, an electronic issue coming out of the chicane in Pittsburgh and he was behind me. He ran into me mm. and, uh, flicked him off. And that was his last race actually. And that's why he stopped because, um, that, that had been his third big crash and three weekends, you know, and, uh, hit his head twice and, two weeks or something pretty good. So uh, I think he just, you know, decided to sit out and get things together for next year. And I think they were looking pretty strong, but, you know, these, the Yamaha team's got a lot of experience and testing, and, you know, got it all dialed in. And this, the BMW is pretty fresh, but just shown that it's, you know, got what it takes. They're just kind of still figuring it out, I think. So, Sure. And you see, you know, BMW is doing well and, and Nolan Lampkin winning the Superbike Cup. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I did see that. Shout out to, to him for that. That was cool to see. He, he was riding pretty well at Jersey in the rain and stuff, I noticed. And uh, yeah, it seemed like they got that thing working pretty good for him. Now, talk about domination with uh, Chavi Forez, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't get a chance to to properly meet him. Um, but I, I wanted to, uh, but yeah, he definitely a great rider. I think pretty sure he's world superbike, ex world superbike rider. 
Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him on a super bike next year. Yeah, he's um world endurance rider too. So I think that has a huge effect. You're riding hours and hours and hours and hours um, in these long-ass races all around the world um, with the best in the world of endurance racing. I think that's uh, a huge factor to why he's so fast. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, more laps. You know, practice makes perfect. Or perfect practice makes perfect, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I've done a lot of laps myself, and it's definitely the truth. So, so it's funny you say that because uh usually when i'm done coaching my student we're debriefing exiting the track i say a few things to him like did you have fun did you like the car how's my coaching do you have any questions how can i help you go faster um and they're usually like oh yeah i just i just need to do it more i'm like well yeah but you got to do it the right way more not practice bad habits right so usually like oh i just need to do it more well kind of yeah that's part of it but there's also another aspect to it you gotta you gotta practice the perfect way to do it otherwise you're going to be instilling all these bad habits and then you gotta unlearn all these bad habits before you relearn the good ones right yeah yeah with coaching guys in supermoto and stuff um they all see my videos and me riding and sliding and backing it in on my knee and they're like man i want to do that that's why i'm here i'm like well, I mean, you got to get to that point. I, you can't just get out there and do it. And a lot of the time it's just because guys aren't really going fast enough and not up the pace. And I can't do I can't do all the sliding and stuff without going that speed, you know, just the, uh, the momentum and just everything works together kind of. And uh, But, yeah, I, I try to, to get – I try not to confuse them too much, but to practice the proper techniques and stuff and then – yeah ride with them and follow let them follow me i follow them and all that stuff and get them up to speed but yeah i uh that reminds me i was uh coaching somebody in michigan and uh for sport bikes at Grattan raceway and they said the same thing They're like i want to back it in i'm like this is your first novice day at the racetrack don't even think about backing it in you don't need that i don't even really back it in that often it's not really something that i use that often I've been doing going to the track for a long time. It's like you should focus on other things. <laughs> yeah, it's the thing. I mean, I I've, I've been doing this my whole life pretty much, and you know, it, it it comes around. You'll figure it out, and it just happens. Like I go out there, and just it just comes natural. So it's because I've been doing it so long and stuff. So yeah, you just jump right into something like that, back in it in, get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can get spit off that bike pretty good, and. uh You'll get uh, a lot of hang time before you hit the ground. <laughs> yeah, same like with like if I were to go out on a motocross track, try to whip. I mean, right. I'm not a big motocross guy, and uh, yeah, if I were to go out there and try to whip it as hard as I can, I'm gonna freaking hurt myself because I'm not familiar with it. <laughs> you gonna learn today? Yeah, actually, I tried to do that when I was younger, broke my collarbone, so uh, I learned from that one. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I like staying on the ground more than being in the air. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, uh, anything else in your mind? We got a couple minutes here. We'll wrap it up. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, guess now we've been kind of talking about a lot of things. Um, unless you got anything else for me? Um. Yeah. Just. Uh, I know you're not sure yet what your plans are for next year, but what would you like to happen? Well, um, I mean, I would like to 
stay in super bike class. I feel like that's where I belong. I'm a, you know, bigger guy and I like, I prefer the super bike and stuff. And uh, I feel like I have some unfinished business too and would like to keep progressing and uh, be up there with those guys. And, uh, but yeah, um, but I would like it to be, you know, uh, uh, a ride that, a decent ride and be able to make some money too, hopefully. So yeah, I mean, that's to be in the super bike class again would be, uh, what I'd like to do. Sure. Um, well, where can people find you online? Do you have any social media out there or websites? Yeah. Uh, Instagram at Ashton underscore Yates and then, uh, Facebook Ashton Yates 22. And, uh, that's about it. I don't really I haven't. I'm gonna start doing some YouTube stuff. Hopefully this off season. But uh, yeah, I might mainly do my Instagram or Facebook stuff. To, All right. Uh, and uh, any uh, OnlyFans yet? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, no, not for me. <laughs> um, Very good. Well, uh, thanks for talking to me for about a hour and 20 minutes i think it was so i'll get this video edited and posted in the next couple of weeks i still got uh one or two to post before i get to yours and the next one i think that will be coming out uh will be chase black uh his will be coming out shortly here all so right this should be episode 137 but i also recorded two episodes that people didn't want to publish so um i got two gaps in there i'm going to fill in somehow oh okay <laughs> Very good. Well, thanks for talking to me, man. Have a great night, and I'll see you at the racetrack. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Bye-bye.